Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? We're going to be talking about you today and what you need. It's a really important question for us to ask ourselves, especially during this time of COVID 19. But before we get started, I have a shout out to Deborah in Arkansas. So, You all know that the iTunes reviews really helps the show. It helps promote the show. It's in the Apple algorithm. So those of you that take the time to go back and leave a review and write one, it helps the show. Thank you so much. That's an awesome way for you to give back. So here's what Deborah had to say. Raise my kids with you in my ear. Thanks, Corinne, for always being there for me. I've been listening to you almost from the beginning. You helped me rebuild my self-esteem after my divorce, and you helped me maintain balance in my life. I raised my kids with you in my ear while I was cooking or driving around. You have provided such inspiration and motivation to me. I can never repay you. Take care, sweet friend. Deborah, I am smiling big for you. Yay, you, my friend. And I realize sometimes we can think it's so silly. We've never met each other. I don't know, Deborah. But it is such an intimate platform. I get the privilege to be in your ears. I get the privilege to go with you throughout your day. And I get it. And I love that we have podcasts, and especially right now, because these are tough times, right? We're all newbies at this global pandemic. And to be able to have a friend in your ear where you can fill your brain up with information, with inspiration, with empowerment that you desire. There's so much out there in the world. And I'm very cautious these days of what I put in because I only have so much brain juice and some of the stuff can be really draining. So what I put in and here's something that's really important. It doesn't mean that you're an ostrich and you put your head in the sand and you don't know what's going on. It's paying attention to the energy. So I'm very deliberate, more so at this time. And typically I've been become deliberate over the years, but definitely more so at this time. What am I going to read? What am I going to listen to? What am I going to watch? And I think about that a lot because what is the capacity I have? There's a television show that I watch right now and I've actually paused it because there's a viral bug and I just have decided, you know, before going to sleep at night, not the best thing for me to be watching. So I'll pick up on that. It's saved. I can go back to it. But right now I don't have the capacity for it and that's okay. And I've been really thinking about what do I need to fill up this brain with that can support me so that I can move through and lead my life and lead those I'm responsible for. So Deborah, yay you, my friend. I'm so thankful for you for leaving the review and for sharing us your journey. So the question I've been asking people this week, my clients is, what do you need right now? And this is a really important question. And I want you to think about it from a place of love, loving yourself. What do you need right now? Corinne, darling, what do you need right now? And what you may notice when I ask that question, you may notice some resistance. I can't answer that. I don't know. It's not about me. That's selfish, whatever it may be. Just notice 
that that question can create a shit storm due to your own limiting beliefs about yourself and what you're allowed to have, to ask for, to want, to need. We can't change it until you understand that part and you have the awareness of that. So when I ask you, what do you need right now? Notice what comes out for you and go ahead and write it down. There's going to be some resistance. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't have time for this. Or when I ask for what I need, I don't get it. So why even bother? Or do you immediately go say, you know what? I'm good. I don't need anything. (laughs) I love that one. We all have this armor. It's like, I don't need anything. I don't know what to ask. People don't give me what I want. Those are all pieces of armor. And we do that to protect ourselves. We resist the question or we don't even allow ourselves the space to answer it, right? We're so busy. We're so, you know, we're busy. We're working. We're taking care of our loved ones. We're doing our work. We're transitioning in this COVID. So we don't even allow ourselves the space. So the first thing that you must do after you are aware of your limiting beliefs is to give yourself permission to figure this out, right? Let it be messy. Figure out what it is that you need. So how this looks for me is my own limiting beliefs about like, what do you need? I used to not allow myself to answer that question because I was like, look, I'm strong. I'm self-reliant human, you know, and I live by the model. It's all on me because I was like, I can just get it done better. I can just get it done faster, you know, and it was armor to protect myself because I used to believe I couldn't depend on others. Now, here's the thing. I know it's not true but that belief can still come up from time to time. I'm deeply programmed that Corinne, just take care of yourself. Corinne, take care of yourself. So I have to go back and remind myself the truth that it's not all on me. Now it's your turn, my friend. What do you need right now? And when I ask myself that a lot over the past few weeks, and I've asked my clients what they need. And today I'm asking you what you need. And as you consider this, know that there are different ways to process this question. One is maybe you need to verbally vomit to figure out what you need. And what I mean by that is you just need to talk a lot and tell a lot and then finally get to, oh, what I need is connection. Oh, what I need is the ability to be like, this just totally sucks. To say that instead of pretending that everything is great. So verbally vomiting may be one way that you need to be able to use to figure out what you need. Another way that maybe you need is to experiment like you have an idea and so you go and test it out. This is an experiment. It's not permanent. Like, so when you ask yourself, what do I need? And you're like, well, I think I need to go and have a coffee Zoom date with my best friend. And then afterwards, you're like, well, that actually didn't serve. It didn't feel good right? For whatever the reason may be, not that you don't love her, but maybe it didn't feel good. That's an experiment. You're testing it out. You're getting clear about what you need. You're becoming more aware of how you can take care of yourself. For some of you, you may need to write about it, write your shitty first draft. That's what Anne Lamont likes to call it. Every time we write the first time, right? I call it, it can be an experiment or shitty first draft. Just get it out. Start brainstorming. We so forget, we so want the end result, but we need to go through the process of brainstorming, writing, figuring it out. So verbal vomit, experiment, shitty first draft. Those are really important, especially when you're not good at asking yourself what you need. Maybe you're a newbie at this. 
then that's okay. We're all newbies, right? It's okay. We can be a newbie at something, asking ourselves what we need. We can practice and get better at it. There's no need to beat ourselves up or have shame about it. So here are some examples of what I've needed. I just did this huge download of like, okay, when I've asked myself this question, what have I needed? Permission to take a break from work, right? I am my own boss, but permission to take a break from work. This one's been huge over the last 10 or 12 years because I didn't know how to do this for a long time. To be able to feel my crappy feelings, to feel my crappy feelings. Before I used to not want to feel them. I didn't want to indulge in the drama. I grew up with a lot of drama. I didn't want to indulge in it. And I also thought like, oh, if I go there, I'm never going to come out. But what I know is I can feel those crappy feelings, feel them and understand them and be aware of them and understand why they are there. And then when I feel them, that's when my body starts to let it go. It's when I used to shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. That's when I would blow. So what I've needed a lot in the last few weeks is to be able to feel my crappy feelings. Here's the other thing, to let it out with a cry. Now, I'm letting you guys in on a little bit of vulnerability with me because this is not something that I like to share. There's not a whole lot of people that have probably in my life seen me cry. I'm thought of as a really strong self-reliant human, and I am. And on Monday, I was working. Again, my productivity wasn't as great, but I was making some really hard leadership decisions and I was working and I was, you know, on a different path than what I had originally planned for the day. And I was just spent. I was tired. I was exhausted. And I asked myself, I stopped, I, whatever I was writing and I put the pen down and I said, Corinne, what do you need? And as soon as I said that, the tears started flowing. They were just flowing. I just needed to understand that I was sad and that's okay. And I cried for about, I think three minutes and I took some deep breaths and I let go of that sadness. And then I was able to move back on with my day. And then here's the thing on Tuesday, same thing happened. I started to notice this tension. I asked myself, Corinne, what do you need? And I cried. And this time, probably a little bit longer. I think it was about five minutes and I let it go and I felt so much better and I let the feelings move through. So maybe you need to cry and that's okay. And maybe you're at home and you don't want to worry your kids. I get it. I sat in my office. Nobody, (laughs) you guys know before my family does that I was crying on Monday and Tuesday, right? It's okay. Go and find that space. Go on a walk if you want to cry by yourself. You want somebody else to be there and it's part of who you're connected with during this time of social distancing, then be with them. So other things that I've needed is to go on a walk by myself. At first, you know, it was fun. I would call up a friend and I'd walk and I'd talk or I'd go on walks with my husband. And I noticed in the last week, I've been needing to go on walks by myself. I just needed to get myself by myself and moving and thinking and processing because there's all this noise in my head. And so I would go on walks by myself. Sometimes I would listen to nothing. Sometimes I would listen to something. And while listening to that, it would spark an opening in my brain and my brain would leave the podcast or the audiobook, and it would go into something else, typically solving a problem. The other thing I needed is to stop reading the news. 
right? I noticed in the beginning, I was constantly reading and I was constantly coming upon the same stories or the same stories over and over, or, you know, they were citing the original story that I had read. So stop reading the news so much. Stop going to the news, especially when I was doing hard things. It was like, oh, well, I better go find out what's happening with the global pandemic. So to stop reading the news, to spend time with my family, you know, we've done a great job over this time of not a great job because I don't want everyone to think it's all hunky dory over here, but we've really worked on each night coming together. And during the day we're going about my daughter's in university. So she's transitioned online. My husband's now teaching online. My youngest is still kind of on her spring break, but they're in the process of transitioning. So she's going through her own process of grieving her senior year, the loss of her senior year. But we do come together at night, most nights, and spend time together. Sometimes I've been in meetings, and so that hasn't happened. But most nights we come together in the evenings. The other thing I went to is, again, remember I talked about at the beginning of the show, I've been really deliberate about what are the things that I put into my brain, right? And I think of my brain as having brain juice, and there's a lot of things that I spend a lot of brain juice on. And so what do I need to fill up that brain juice? And so one of the things was reading books and I've really gone back to the book of joy. And that's what the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu. And I feel like here are two men who've dealt with human atrocities in the world and they're resilient and they've survived. And what lessons can I learn from that? So I'll be probably talking about it in another podcast, but the book of joy, sometimes I've said, oh, I need the book of joy, even if it's for five minutes. Other examples of what I've needed is to not work. Corinne, you're done today. (laughs) Corinne, you're not working tomorrow. We're working on this, you guys. Other things I've needed is to sleep. How many of you are sleeping? I'm so grateful because I am getting solid sleep. I'm really working on getting, unless I got seven and a half hours of sleep, so a minimum of seven, and I'm working towards moving to eight. And I'm so thankful because I developed a solid practice of being able to sleep through the night. There was a time period that my sleep was, especially during difficult times when I'd have anxiety, my sleep would be disruptive and I've been able to implement that. So maybe sleep is really a struggle. What are the things that you can do now to start creating practices to have better sleep? That would be a fantastic question to answer. Here are other things to feel my feelings. Again, before I talked about feeling crappy feelings, to feel my feelings, to be able to laugh. That's one of the things that Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu says, we must have humor. We must have humor. It's so, so important to manage my mind. I have been very diligent about managing my mind. And it's okay if this sucks. And it's okay if you really don't want this to be happening. You can say that, you can blurt that, and then also know that anytime you argue with reality, you lose 100% of the time. There have been times what I've needed is to call a friend or to have Zoom times with a friend. You know, there are times that I use my voice to support my boundaries. So I was going to go on a walk with a friend and she wanted to walk together and I was really struggling because of course I wanted to walk with my friend, but is that social distancing? Is that not? And we're going to stay six feet apart, but was that okay? And then I had to think about my own kids. And if it was like, well, if they have to stay at home and can't go out with their friends, can I really go out with mine? And so I used my voice and I just said, I can't do this. I can't go against the rules that I've established for my own family. And that wasn't easy, but to use my voice to ask for what I want. 
Now here's the rule about asking. Asking is a question. It's not a demand. So if you ask, if you go, okay, what do I need? And then you ask for what you want and you go, oh, well, see, I don't get it anyways. Remember, it's an ask, especially when you're asking other people. We don't want to obligate people and it's not a demand. It has a question mark right? And sometimes I think we have this rule of like, okay, I'm being really, really vulnerable. I'm going to ask for what I need. And therefore, if I'm really, really vulnerable and I ask for what I need, therefore they must execute it to make it worth it for me to be so vulnerable. What you're trying to do is have a transactional relationship. There's not going to be connection in there. It's obligation. So you can ask for what you need. And remember, it's a question. And if you ask, you have to be willing to hear them say yes or no because they may or may not have the capacity, especially at this time. The other things that I've needed is to remind myself there are good things. There are good things in life today. And I really invite you to look at that. What are the good things in your life? To remind myself that I am not responsible for everyone. Remember, I have that belief it's all on me. A lot of my clients are strong, self-reliant, badass people. And this is one of the things I have to remind themselves. It's they're not responsible for everyone. To remind myself that I am not meant to do it alone. None of us are. None of us are. To give myself space to make decisions. That's been huge because in this people want so much certainty and they want quick decisions. And there's been so many times where I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. And I just had to have the space. And then all of a sudden it was so clear. So giving myself space, like that's been huge for me in this time. The other thing I've needed is that I'm new to COVID-19. I don't make any decisions that are longer than a month, right? I don't make any decisions. And here's my new COVID 2.0 to make decisions for a week and permission to totally change it in 24 hours. So as I'm making these leadership decisions, I'm like, okay, this is the direction we're going. And we may need to change it in 24 hours. And the same thing with before it was a month, it was like, okay, I'm not going to make any decisions longer than a month because one is I'm not sure what it's going to be like out there. I can't make decisions in August because guess what, you guys, I didn't know how to make decisions about COVID-19 five months ago. The decisions I've been making in this time, I didn't know how to do them before. And then again, what I've needed is to feel my feelings. And here's some feelings that I've needed to feel those crappy feelings of fear, the feelings of shame, the feeling of vulnerability, to feel them and understand like, oh yeah, this is what I'm feeling. To feel grief. So those are the different things that I've needed to feel that were inside of me. So I just gave you an example. It's a really long list. Sometimes I've been asked like, Corinne, can you just give us your list? (laughs) I gave you my list. Those are ideas. Not that those are what you need, But then what it does, it sparks ideas and insights into what is possible for you. Years ago, when I used to have a different intro for the show and I would do interviews, I would say, if this is possible for them, what is possible for you? And my guests were examples. They were the windows of possibility. So it wasn't like, oh, here's the step-by-step playbook. But from that, it will spark an opening inside your own brain. Okay, I want to talk about a few things right now. And one is notice when you need something, are you obligating, are you requiring others to follow through? So this is one of the obstacles that gets in the way when we need, and then it creates evidence of, see, you're not allowed to need anything. 
when I notice I'm obligating others, what I'm doing is I'm attaching to what others do or don't do. And a lot of times I'm attaching my human value, my worthiness, my lovability to their capacity and their capability of what they do and don't do. And I put a lot of responsibility onto them. And so that's why I came up with a long time ago. It's an invitation, not an obligation. Because I was really good at getting what I wanted. I would ask what I needed. People would do it out of obligation. And I had this friend, the beast, and I was really good at getting him to obligate. And he would come along and he didn't really want to be there. And I knew that, but I was always like, okay, I'm just going to keep him to go, right? And he's been a lifelong friend of myself and my family. But I started to learn a long time ago, like 20 years ago, like, oh, maybe he doesn't really want to go shopping with me for couches. And he's just coming because he's a good friend and that's what I do. So I started to realize it's an invitation, not an obligation. Because the energy that somebody brings, even when they love you and they care about you and they want to support you, but they don't want to go shopping for couches, it's not great energy, right? And I understood that. And that was really costly. It was costly to me, to them. And then I was like, oh, I need to be more up and more joyful so that they enjoy it, right? It's just a lot of wasted energy instead of figuring out like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you have the capacity? What do I want to do? What do I have the capacity? And do we have a wants match? Does it align together? So as you ask people for what you need, I caution you to not obligate others. Ask, and then you have to do work on your own attachment to the outcome. So letting go of the attachment. If they can't do it or can do it, it's not about you. It's about their capacity right now. They may love you dearly and not be able to do it. And that's okay. The other is for you to manage expectations because expectations is what can cause us unnecessary pain and suffering when we have expectations of others. For example, if people love me, they would call me. If people respected my boundaries, they wouldn't push against it. People shouldn't ask me when they know I'm busy right? We have these rules. We have these expectations of how other people are supposed to act. The thing is, is that people don't know if you're not clear with them. You know, if you want to reach out, if you want to have connection with people, are you asking for what you need and allowing them the space? Are you sharing them what it is that you need and asking them what their capacity is, right? Again, it's that wants alignment. Does it align for both of you? And this is where it gets uncomfortable because there's this rumble of having a conversation of, here's what I need. Here's what you need. Do we align? Do we not? You know, and it's okay if we don't align right now, right? Especially because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And it could be that they love you dearly. They just don't have the capacity even more so today. I've been on the phone with a lot of clients this week about that is that some of my clients haven't had the capacity to, you know, be there for some friends because they're trying to figure this out or they, they're trying to solve some problems at work or they're feeling really over-responsible. And then what happens is they feel a tremendous amount of guilt for what their capacity is limited in their personal life. And one of the things to remember is that this is temporary. We will move through this. So another aspect is this thought of, well, I better not ask because what if that person is what Karen's talking about? They don't have the capacity, so don't ask. Well, you can ask, but asking, there's a yes or a no. It's a question. It's not a demand. And remember, we're not supposed to go it alone. And here's the thing. <laughs> there have been many things on the show, but my friend, I'm glad you are here. Really, really glad you're here. 
I've got you. And do you truly understand the privilege that it is to be a part of your life? And you have me here in your earbuds on, you know, filling up the space in your home. So that is one person that you have. So you're not alone. And then think about, create a list of who were the different people on your team that you can reach out to and see, do they have the capacity right now? Do they not have the capacity? What is it that you need? What works? So we're not supposed to go it alone. Remember that and know that you have me. And even if you have maybe three people, one person, who is it that you need to have? Oftentimes they're like, well, everybody, everybody means nothing. Who are the people? How many people, you know, years ago when Facebook, you know, was all the rage to how many Facebook friends did you have, right? We would start to measure our life. But really when we talk about not going it alone, it's an intimate list of people. You know, Brene Brown talks about being able to write those names in a one inch square. We're not talking about a huge amount of people. So write that down. Maybe they're your day-to-day people. Maybe they're somebody you went to school with a long time ago. What do you need? And give yourself permission that you're not supposed to go it alone. The other thing we have to let go of in this time is certainty. I understand. (laughs) We want it. I know. I was the former queen of certainty. And I desired it to no end. I wanted absolute because it was like, oh, if I just know this, then I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be safe. Well, that's all an illusion, my friend. Certainty is an illusion. And right now we're seeing that there is no certainty, right? There's all these different projections. There's all these different models. We don't know. There's no certainty, but we can do this. We can because vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And I've been talking about that for years on the show ever since Brene Brown introduced that to me. And I remember her talking to me and saying something about vulnerability. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, what the hell is vulnerability? I get it. Vulnerability, uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. I used to think of that as nervousness or, you know, before a race or before a podcast interview, or, you know, when I like somebody, when I was in college and I like somebody, you know, and you're sitting there, do they like me? Do they not like me? Right? So, vulnerability now for me is, oh, I want to call somebody. Do I need to text them before I can call them? (laughs) Reaching out can be vulnerable, right? Not knowing, you know, as this world is changing, where we're going to be, there's uncertainty. But here's the thing, my friend, we can do vulnerability. We can do hard things. We can handle uncertainty because there's also things that we know. What do you know today? One of my clients yesterday said, you know, as life is doing all these twists in the week, just in the last few days, She said, you know, I'm just decided that I'm taking life hour by hour. That is awesome because she knows that hour, right? I'm taking life week by week. And when I'm doing the week by week, it's how am I leading? I do have responsibilities for people. How are we leading? What is going to be the schedule for the week, right? And we can change it in 24 hours. So here's the thing. We don't want uncertainty. We crave certainty. We want surety, right? I know it. I understand it. Peter Walsh, a long time ago on the show, talked about the Starbuckization of America. He's from Australia. And I thought that's always stuck with me. And it's like, that's why we love Starbucks, right? Or why many people love Starbucks is because, or we love franchises or brand names because it provides us with that certainty. It's like, oh, if I walk in here, they're going to have that drink, right? Right. Regardless of, do I like the coffee? Does the coffee taste good? But 
They're going to have my drink. I know what to order. I don't have to use any brain juice. So we do like it in our culture and know it's an illusion. And vulnerability, remember, uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk, vulnerability is the pathway to the life you desire. It's being willing to be vulnerable. Again, if you want to reach out, if you want to have connection with somebody, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. If you want to be really connected where it's like people can see you, you can ask for what you need. That's vulnerable because you may not get it back. We don't want to be vulnerable. We're like, I'm going to ask for what I need and you're going to give it to me because we're like, I'm armoring up and I'm not going to be vulnerable. And the only way I'm going to do this is if I have the assurance that it's going to happen. Follow with me. So we must let go of certainty. What do you need to be vulnerable? So this is really important is that to be vulnerable, you need somebody to walk through this with you. Remember, because you may go, well, Corinne, I have nobody. You have me. I talk about this all the time, right? I share examples from my life. I share examples from lives with the people that I'm working with. So somebody to walk through this with you. A reminder that you can do hard things. We really can do hard things. We are so much more resilient than we ever thought. A reminder that you can figure things out. Permission to make mistakes. And you may say, Corinne, that's great. You're brave. I don't have courage. My friend, you do have courage and you have the ability to increase it. So keep asking yourself what it is you need. Give yourself what you need that you have the ability to. Let go of obligating others. You can ask as it's a question and then welcome a yes or a no and manage your expectations of others. We all have enough pain and we don't need to add additional and suffering. Remember, you aren't supposed to go it alone. I've got you and you do have others in your life. And certainty is an illusion. We can do hard things, my friend. We can figure this out one step at a time. A quote that I've been leaning on quite a bit this week is from Martin Luther King Jr. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And I remember when I came across that quote about 10 years ago, I was going through a really hard time. And this is when I had to really burn the queen of certainty crown. And I came across that quote and I really wanted to believe it. And I'm like, but how? I need to see where I'm going. I need to understand this. I need to make sure I'm making the right decisions. And I'm like, take the first step. I don't have to see the whole staircase, but that's not the way I've built my life. And what I've realized is, is that if I take the first step, what starts to happen as I move through it is more clarity happens. And sometimes I have to go back and go back a few steps which then comes up against my need and desire to be productive and efficient. And I give myself permission. It's okay. It wasn't a waste, Corinne. Who did you become in that process of taking those steps? That is always valuable. So my friend, take the first step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. As we wrap up today, remember asking yourself what you need is not a weakness. It is vulnerable and there's no right answer. When you ask yourself what you need, you're checking in with you. And you, my friend, are important. Your ability to take care of yourself will determine your capacity to take care of other people. 
the relationship you have with yourself is the foundation of all of your relationships. So go ask yourself what you need and take care of you. I'm smiling big for you. And remember, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Helps out the show. I love hearing from you. I'm smiling big for you in a big virtual hug. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.